Well, thank you so much to the worship team. Uh, it's my first time being here, so I'd never heard this worship band before. But I got so into it, I, for a moment I forgot I was speaking. And I uh, thought, oh, I probably shouldn't be singing um, with all of that energy. I might not have much of a voice left. But, uh, you know, it's such a joy uh, and a privilege to be here today. When George asked me a few months ago to come and be part of this series to honor Gary's retirement, uh, I just felt... I had a moment of like, really? You, you want to you wanna have me here? And I, I just thought, well, thank you so much for um, inviting me, Gary. It's really, really amazing to uh, be part of this series. Um, that was until a few weeks ago when we were talking. And then Gary mentioned to me, he said, oh, uh, thanks for coming. Uh, you know, Anna Robbins is, is going to be coming too. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard Anna Robbins speak before, but Anna's like one of my heroes. She's absolutely one of the most brilliant people I've ever heard speak. And I thought, oh shoot, the sheer terror then uh, descended on me. And I thought, okay, I better come up with some really brilliant thoughts because Anna will be absolutely brilliant. And so in these weeks, I've been trying to come up with something really brilliant. Okay, well, that has not happened, so I'm just letting you know. Um, but I, so I thank you in advance for your grace, um, but it is really an honor to be here. Also because today is Gary's birthday. I don't know if people know that or not. <laughs> so you have given me a gift today, Gary, by allowing me to be here to celebrate with you on your birthday. I actually met Gary about 18 years ago, and when when George said that, Gary said, really, it's been that long? I'm like, yes, we are old. Uh, we met about 18 years ago, and that was when I was um, interviewing for a position at CBM. And I remember driving to the office at CBM, which is in the middle of nowhere. Like, it is the far northwest corner of Mississauga. I know nobody goes there. And I remember driving past all these kind of you know, areas where there was nothing there, and I thought, I am not going to work in this place. What am I even doing, wasting my time going to this job interview? Because I don't want to work here. And then I walked in, I met Gary, and I spent an hour listening to a vision that he shared with us about how he was going to turn around this old, historic, denominational mission agency with 130 years of legacy on its back that it was carrying around. And I drove all the way home thinking, shoot, God, I think I want to work here. But I have to drive to Mississauga every day. <laughs> However, I think you're calling me here to work in this place with Gary. Gary came there at a time when change probably wasn't particularly welcome. And it was quite a daunting challenge that you took on. Well, those were good years, Gary. They were hard years but you led them in a way that was so uniquely you. With humor, with grace, and perseverance, we charted a new course forward. And I think I can honestly say CBM would not be the organization it is today if Gary had not been its leader in that place and in that time. So I asked a few people to give a few words um, to describe Gary. So I said, give me a word or two how you would describe Gary. These are people that we worked with. Here are some of the words that they used. Committed, collaborator, team builder, statesman, visionary, inspiring leader. Someone also said that you were a great shopper, 
which, you know, that's a whole other story. I'm sure you may have heard about his desert boot collection before, but that's, that's something else. You can come talk to me afterward if you want to know about that. But the one word that comes to my mind when I think about Gary is gatherer. We learned something very early on in working with Gary, that he is a team guy. Gary always reminded us, I win when the team wins. It's not about your own wins. It's about the team. It's about the community. And in those days, we were like, the senior leadership team there was probably like a group of toddlers. You ever see them going for a walk from the daycare? They all have to hold on to the rope. So <laughs> we were like those toddlers that were holding on to the rope. And you were the rope master. You would pull the rope back just every once in a while. Like you would let us wander quite a bit. And then you'd pull the rope back. And you'd say, you know, you're going a bit too far off the course. Or you need to focus. You're not walking down. You're not walking in a straight line anymore. And you made sure that we didn't head into traffic, which was, which was good. You helped us to walk in formation together. And whenever you pulled the rope back, we would remember we were actually part of a team. We were part of a community. So thank you for being that gatherer, constantly reminding us that we need to live and work and grow together in community, even when it's hard. I think probably all of us like to wander sometimes. It's probably innate to being human that we are prone to wander and to drift and to lose focus, particularly when we are unchecked for too long. If there's nothing to pull us back onto the right path, we might find ourselves chasing squirrels or going down rabbit holes. We might forget how we wound up where we are in the first place. I find my, for myself, I start to drift, particularly when my mind is occupied by many different things. In my most stressful and overwhelmed times, I think the drift is the most severe and the path ahead seems pretty unclear. Does that sound like you sometimes? Well, we're in this whole human thing, being human thing together, friends, because the reality is for all of us, on any given day, we wear many hats. We are probably many things to many people. The demands are constant. The expectations are great. The needs of others around us are immense. And there's never enough time. There's never enough energy to meet all of those things. Colleague or a classmate, or your teacher, a student, maybe a boss, a parent, a son or daughter, grandparent or grandchild, maybe a wife or husband or boyfriend or girlfriend, maybe a counselor, mentor, a friend. Some days we really feel the weight of all of those hats on us. And we may feel like they're just piled one on top of the other. And on those days, I think we're most inclined to forget the most important hat that we wear, which is that we are a beloved child of God. Because before we can perform any of those other roles effectively, our souls must be rooted to the core part of ourselves that defines who we are. It enables us to live into who we were created to be, we have to be rooted to the one who gives us life to be able to do any of those other things well. The state of being rooted is actually really critical. I don't know if you've ever seen a child trying to 
carry a balloon on a windy day. This has happened to my children many times. Or if you have a, a boat, um, imagine trying to um, dock a boat if you don't tie it up, you don't anchor it. Eventually, you just float away. Being rooted allows us to grow and to flourish because our true selves are anchored to our creator, the one who knows us. If we detach from that root, we dry up and we lose our ability to thrive. As was read in John 15, this well-known passage that most of us probably have looked at before, it's about Jesus being the vine and we are his branches. I don't know if anyone has ever been to a vineyard before, probably if you've been to southern France or or even Niagara, um, you probably have visited a vineyard before. Well, I went to a, a trip a few years back to Napa Valley in California, and it was just stunning to see the row after row of these beautiful vines that are so intricately connected. But what keeps them healthy and vibrant is their relationship to each other and to the roots. So I admit, I'm a terrible gardener, so if you never want to see your plants alive again, you can ask me to take care of them while you're on vacation, um, because I can make anything die, so that's my gift. Um, but even if, <laughs> I don't think that's a spiritual gift, but um, even if, <laughs> but even I know that you cannot plant grapes in a pot. So grapes have very deep roots, right? In a vineyard, the roots of vines are actually about 20 feet into the ground, they are firmly rooted. Those grapes are not going to float away. In verse 9 of our passage, Jesus said, As the Father loved me, I too have loved you. Remain in my love. Just these few simple words give us instruction on how we can stay rooted. Henry Nouwen is one of my favorite writers. I don't know of anybody else here must be a lot of, yes, I see somebody, you admit it. Um, I think a lot of us love now, and particularly because he spent the last 10 years of his life here uh, in Toronto with, in the large community. But now and often in his writing would remind us that God loves us simply because we are his children. We were known and beloved by him before we were even conceived. And in his book, Life of the Beloved, now and tells us important for us to say yes to claiming our true identity as his beloved. By doing so, we affirm who we really are and expose the reality of our true selves. There's a quote in his book, Home Tonight, that I love, and I read this quote every once in a while because I need to. So I'm gonna share it with you today. You, probably, you may have read it before. We are not what we do. We are not what we have. We are not what others think of us. Coming home is claiming the truth that I am the beloved child of a loving creator. We are not what we do and we are not what we have. And we are not what others think of us. Coming home is claiming the truth. I am a beloved child of a loving creator. Is there anybody here who's a type A high achiever? Nobody here, you're all so relaxed. I admit, I am one of those people. And every day, even on weekends, I am a victim to my own need to be productive and to be useful. Does this sound familiar 
to anyone here. Of course, not everybody's like, no, that doesn't sound like me at all. Well, I'm sure on the weekends, I am very frustrating to my family because they do not share my need to be so productive. And I think on those days, I need to be particularly intentional in reminding myself that it's enough for me just to be rooted to my creator, to have silence to listen to his voice, to not constantly seek to do more and to be more than what he has already made me to be. That's a beautiful thought, isn't it? If you think about it. We are enough. I don't need to do more. I don't need to be more than I already am. We are beloved just the way that we are. Despite all the ways that we might think we don't measure up, we are always good enough for him. He wants only for us to accept his invitation to be loved by him and to love him in return. We don't need to prove that we deserve to be loved. All we need to do is to say yes. I'm going to close by telling you about my very energetic and strong-willed eight-year-old son, Jonas. Jonas has a very unique gift. He has the ability to know when it is very inconvenient to need help. And so usually when I'm in the middle of doing something, I, my hands are dirty like I'm cooking, or my favorite is you know, when I'm in the bathroom. And then I'll usually I hear the voice come. It usually starts like this. Mommy, mommy. And then I'm, I just try to ignore it. I try not to make too much noise. And I'm like, maybe he'll go and ask his sister for help. And then slowly it will begin to escalate. Mommy, mommy. And then soon, there must be a parent here because they're laughing. They've heard this, these sounds before. And then soon it's like a full-blown plea for attention, desperate. Mommy, mommy, where are you? Well, I believe just as persistently, probably not as loudly, but just as persistently, our father calls out to us too. And at times we probably also try to ignore it or simply pretend we can't hear it because of all the other clutter that's going on in our minds and in our hearts. Do you sometimes find it hard to hear the voice of the beloved one who made you and calls you his child? Let's ask ourselves today, what prevents you from hearing our father's voice who's calling out to you? Is there too much noise in your life that's drowning it out? How do we tune out those other things that prevent us from being rooted in our core identity as God's beloved child? Take a breath. Listen for his voice calling to you. It's as simple as saying yes. 1 John 3, 1 to 3 tells us, see what kind of love the Father has given to us in that we should be called God's children because that is what we are. Because the world didn't recognize him, it doesn't recognize us. Dear friends, now we are God's children. So today, let's let our roots show. For those of us who dye our hair, you know what that means. Let's let our roots show today by saying yes to the one who calls us his beloved.
Let's pray together. Our God, there's a part of us that just longs to be deeply connected to you. And yet there are so many other things in our lives that fill our heads and our hearts and our souls with noise, with clutter. And God, we admit sometimes we drift far away from you and we've lost our rooting. We are so grateful that you always pull us back to you, that you always welcome us to come home to you, that you always want us near to you and to you always dwell within us. Lord, help us be mindful that we are your children and that is how we should live, Lord, as your beloved children. So give us strength, God, to live into the people that you have called us to be. In a world that is difficult and full of brokenness, God, give us the strength to live with courage, to live with the grace that you extend to us so freely and so plentifully. Help us to live as your beloved children, God, in this world. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. I've been told by George that you are now dismissed.